Steve. I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle. You know that by now. And I'm joined this morning by Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald. Good morning, Aidan. Morning, Tony. How are you? I'm all right. Wonder what we'll talk about. We'll talk about that in the fullness of time. And I'll just direct everybody to the ticker tape running along the bottom of your screen. Got a good deal for you guys. We've always got a deal, but this one's a good one. You subscribe to the Celtic Way. The first 100 new subscribers will receive a limited edition A3 artwork of Callum McGregor by popular Celtic artist made by Frankie. All for the click of a button, guys. And you will also, for a pound, you will also receive four months unlimited access to everything that we do on the website. So that's a pound for four months. And the first new 100 subscribers get, as you can see on the screen, that limited edition A3 artwork of Callum McGregor by Popter, Celtic artist made by Frankie. Click of a button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And we also say thank you to our new sponsors, Seneca Medical Group, the Celtic Way Pod, or Celtic Way Morning Briefing, is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group, and Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe, and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments, and you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Eden, how are you? Yeah, Tony, all good. Uh, of course, another sort of Yakimakis transfer related uh, <laughs> topic to kick us off today. It's got the never ending saga, isn't it? Well, that's what it seems like anyway. It is a never ending saga, Aidan. And I wrote a piece yesterday in the hope that it would be. It was my kind of appeal for sanity and for everybody to get round the table and maybe for Yakimakis to sign a new deal. And I thought that. His cryptic Instagram message, you can read that two ways. I'll put the link to the article there. There it is. You can have a wee read at that. But now, various reports, Aidan, from uh, journalists all over the world and Fabrizio Romano being one of them, saying that Celtic have agreed a deal that's worth €4 million, Euros, which is just over the over £3.5 million, quid, which is a million uh, more than they paid for uh, Jack and Marcus, it's all very strange, Aidan, isn't it? You know, the Urawa Red Diamonds deal. It's just no one officially has come out and said anything. It's Celtic. Jack and Marcus haven't said anything. His agents haven't said anything. I don't know. I, I just find it all, it's, it's, it's now turning into a bit of a saga. But I think the most relaxed man about it all has been the Celtic manager, Hans Postacoglu. Yeah, I mean, every presser really since the sort of links came about Jakimakis uh, and Juranovic, the managers made clear, you know, they're available, they're in, they're training hard, they're working hard, we've not heard anything. So we know obviously he's got a press conference later on today, that might potentially change, which would then be the sort of first sort of concrete evidence that Jakimakis could be out the door uh, from the actual club's point of view. But so far, Ange seems quite relaxed and he's been quite happy to play both players as we obviously seen on Saturday. Yes, and these last couple of games, he's made a sterling contribution. He smacked the bar twice against Kilmarnock in the league game at Celtic Park and then came on and scored the, the clinching goal, tapped off celebration, as you'll see if you read the piece that I did, and then the cryptic message, you know, on to the final, stuff like that. And I think he, with those kind of words, he gave the Celtic fans hope that he might actually sign a new deal. 
or he certainly might stay till the end of the season. And you know, so it's it's all I don't know, it's all very bizarre, isn't it? There's nothing there's nothing official. And until it's official then I think you have to work in the premise that whilst he's still a Celtic player, the manager will continue to play him and he'll still continue to give a hundred percent. Because I was also making the point that players in the past he still he still got the support of the support, if you get what I mean. And the unwavering, he's a he's very much a fan's favourite. And he didn't get any boo boy treatment on Saturday, which other players have suffered from in the past. You know, he's still a popular player at this club. Yeah, he's by no means down tools, has he? He's been featured regularly, obviously. He hadn't scored, I don't think, since the break eh, before he saw a strike against Kilmarnock the other day. But yeah, he's been featured and he's always been working hard. I think we'd actually mentioned after maybe have been the Hibs 4 0 game that when he came on, even though he didn't score, he was very much, you know, putting himself about and getting involved in the game. He didn't look like somebody that was holding back or not wanting to get injured in case it jeopardised a transfer sort of thing. And obviously, it was quite right. It would have been quite harsh, I think, if he had been getting booed off the fans at the weekend. I know there's also been previous examples. The most sort of recent one I can think of is Dedrick Boyata. Mm. When he sort of, uh, well, he did down tools, didn't he? He refused to play in a Champions League qualifier and then received uh, probably, I think it was a bit controversial at the time, but you could understand why fans were frustrated with him, given he didn't play in such a crucial match. But there's nothing like that with Yakimakis or Yuranovic. They both just seem to be getting on with it, which is exactly what you want to happen if you do find yourself in that situation, Tony. Chris Murray says, until Ange or Celtic come out and confirm he has left, I will not believe any paper, stroke, social media talk. I think a lot of Celtic supporters feel that way until it's uh, it's, it's official. You know, get your comments coming in, guys. Want to know your thoughts. Uh, Chris Sutton was also speaking about it. Uh, Aidan, he took to Twitter and he said, I'm not sure what goes on behind the scenes and who may be coming in the door, but this seems bonkers, letting Jack and Marcus go right now for such a small fee. There's a league to win. Now, obviously, everybody knows he signed for Celtic August 2021 from VVV Venlo in Holland. He was a top scorer, £2.5 million it cost. And in his 18 months here at Celtic, he scored 26 goals in 56 games and won the league and the League Cup. Those are decent figures, even. Decent figures in terms of score, goal scoring rate, not decent figures when you look at the, the transfer fee that's allegedly been agreed. Yeah, I think everybody was sort of surprised to hear the sort of uh, three and a half, four million transfer fee that was quoted for Yakimakis to go to the J League in this sort of most recent report. Yeah, it is a bit frustrating uh, given how many goals he scored. The fact that he has also got a goal in the Champions League there, Champions League minutes also in the CV. He obviously, I think he got 17 goals last season, and I think he's scored there uh, 10 times for club and country in this recent campaign. So that that is a, a bit of a tough one to take with the fee, given that he's still got a good chunk of time left in his contract, even the summer, never mind now. And I think also another aspect is the sort of time of the sale, if he was to go, the fact that you are in the middle of the season. And I'm sure with Andrew's recruitment, there will be a replacement lined up, but at the moment, they're not in. So... You know, to lose a striker right in the sort of middle of the season, which for at least a short period anyway, would potentially only leave you with one striker on Kyogo. When you're still very much going for, you know, if we just look at the immediate future, a league and a league cup anyway, it, it's not not the best timing, I would say, Tony. Uh, 
And yeah, the, the transfer fees well is probably not what we'd hoped. I know we've discussed a lot about transfer fees really since Iran, which was first getting linked away, in terms of how much we thought we would get. I think we all kind of agreed that it probably wouldn't be the sort of big bucks for Juranovich that was getting quoted, but we hoped it would still be a significant fee. And then obviously there's been recent links that have sort of tapered that down a wee bit. With Yaki Marcus, I think we all, regardless of what we thought of him personally, I think we all hoped that we would get more than three and a half to four million for him. Obviously that isn't confirmed, but yeah, if that does end up being the transfer fee and he does go in January, I'll, I'll be quite disappointed. What are your thoughts on that? I think if that's the fee that they're talking about, it's very disappointing because if you've already highlighted, he has scored in the Champions League and he is worth certainly more than a, a million pounds more than what Celtic paid for him. Again, it's all coming from various sources, isn't it? Don't know how legitimate they are. Uh, and again, we don't know, as I've said before, the only ones that can clarify this are Jackie Marcus, Celtic and his agents, uh, Chris Sutton's here doesn't know what's going on behind the scenes. I think that's that's the problem here. Nobody actually knows what's going on behind the scenes and why Celtic are willing to sell or why Jackie Marcus wants to leave. And until somebody comes out and actually makes some kind of statement on that, the manager might do it today. But I, 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 I'm always guided by what the manager says and he goes by what the players do at training. And he, you know, he nobody values his contribution more than the manager, Jackie Marcus. You know, so... And uh, I see Beach Boy said, put in a comment there about he was getting booed on Saturday. I never heard that even. Did you hear him getting booed on Saturday, I have to say? Uh, no, well, I, I was at the game just uh, as a punter for it and I, I didn't I didn't hear him getting booed personally where I was. Beach Boy yeah. said, you must have had earplugs in. I was behind the goals and I can assure you he was getting booed and whistle when he came on. He wants to leave Celtic, not Celtic, getting rid of him. That no, may well, be a case what I heard, to be honest, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't hear it either, so uh, I guess uh, I'm not uh, discounting that that happened, but I didn't hear it, so that's why I was saying he's he's still largely a, a firm fan's favourite, and a lot of people don't want him to leave the club. But yeah, no, I, I think given his goals record, how effective he's been, and like you say, obviously the fans have got that song for him and stuff. Yeah. I don't think a, a majority of people, I would say, in my opinion, don't don't want him to move on, but. It has been a sort of link that's not really went away, a bit like the Juranovic one. Yeah. And when you start, obviously there's been a lot of links. It's been hard to keep up at times, but when you start to hear, you know, potentially agreeing deals and medicals, that is when it starts to usually sort of be coming near an end, then being the person then leaving the club. But I think Andrew's press later on will be quite interesting, Tony. I know obviously he knew he'll be watching it quite closely, so I think... Yeah. All eyes on what the manager's going to say with regards to Yakimakis. Yes. You know, Pete McGee comes in and says, as far as he's aware, nobody in this podcast is, no one on the podcast has inside information about or from Gigi. So don't believe the hype. Let's wait to see the truth of all of this. Until then, don't panic, Mr. Main Waring. I think that's a, a quote from Dad's Army. I would believe in probably. Well before your time, well, it was well before your time, so... You beat me straight, Tony. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> you could ask your father about that. Don't panic, Captain Manning, that kind of thing. Dad's Army, I think. Uh, Pete McGee will confirm that, because I wasn't a big Dad's Army fan myself. Never really watched it, so you can confirm that if that's what it's from. But I think it is. Now, Celtic 
in one of the newspapers this morning he didn't have been linked with. Okay, we'll call it a replacement if Georges Giacomacus goes. And that player is Kevin Nisbet of Hibs. Lots of Celtic supporters saying that they don't think that Kevin Nisbet's the man to replace Georges Giacomacus. And they need somebody who can score goals at Champions League level and take Celtic onto that next level. They don't feel that he's the man. Others saying that Kevin Nisbet's a very good goal scorer for Hibs and they would be a good player for Celtic. But it's kind of the resurrection of interest that Celtic had a couple of years ago in Nisbet. And then he got injured and he was out for a very long time. So what's your thoughts on that? Would you be happy to see uh, Kevin Nisbet come if Giacomacus leaves? Or would you rather see Giacomacus stay and Nisbet come in anyway? Just to have that kind of uh, feel safe of if somebody gets injured in terms of the striking department. So I know this isn't really what I'm going to say isn't really how transfers work, but it depends on the context of Kevin Husband coming in. If he is in as somebody who can score goals domestically, then that that'd be fine. But I, I don't would I want him as a direct replacement for Yakimakis. I I don't know, Tony. Yeah, I know Yakimakis only got the one goal in Europe uh, this season, so you, you could say the person coming in is sort of it's the goals domestically you're trying to replace. And I, I do think Nisbet is pretty good, obviously, since he came back in. I think it's seven goals in the last six games for him, which is a really good strike rate. He's very much a sort of informed striker in the league. I, I just don't know if he's the person to. Uh, push Kyogo, never mind hopefully bring in somebody that's better than Kyogo. Now, people might disagree with that, which, which, which is fine, but I, I just I don't know, Tony. He'd be more somebody that if you already maybe had two strikers that were vying for the first place, and like, for example, Yakimakis did stay, and you wanted to just sort of bolster your attacking options, that would be a brilliant sign in that case. But in terms of somebody, would you want Kevin Nisbet leading the line should Kyogo get injured? Say it's Kyogo and Nisbet till the end of the season. We know Kyogo's injury record, it's not been great. Would you then want to bring in Kevin Nisbet and he's the person that's got to play 10, 12 games because Kyogo's injured? I don't know, Tony, personally. John Boy comes in and says, we better go for Rab C Nisbet. So there you go. Yeah, you know, it's it's very much polarised opinion and Derek Crawford, I agree with you, Aiden, 100% Aiden, third choice at best. Uh, other people saying that he wants to play for Celtic. Uh, David Ferguson coming in. Is Nisbet going to push Kyogo to be a better player? That's kind of what you're alluding to there. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Celtic supporters feel that Kevin Nisbet would be a step down uh, in terms of uh, ability when you're comparing the players from Jack and Marcus. And that's no slight on Nisbet, because Nisbet's a very good player. He's a very good player domestically, but I think Celtic fans are hoping that they bring in somebody better than Giacomacus, assuming Giacomacus leaves, or certainly someone of the same calibre, and that they've done their homework and scouted around. And again, we'll go back to Aidan. It's all premised on if George's Giacomacus leaves. Now, there's two weeks left in the transfer window, exactly. And Ange himself was saying the other day that Lots of the stuff you read about Celtic isn't true. I think one of the commenters said, he's saying that 10% of stuff written about Celtic turns out to be true and they heard it off some of these bad buzz uncle or something like that was the quote, wasn't it? So we, we are premising this. We, it's it's hit the public domain. We're talking about it, but there is no... 
to our knowledge so far, there is no truth. Well, not so much truth, but it's not been confirmed, has it? That Yakimakis is going to sign for Urawa Red Diamonds for that price. And there's, it's not a given that he will leave the club. No, no, nothing's been confirmed and definitely nothing's a given. It's just obviously the fact that it's dragging on is probably starting to frustrate fans a wee bit, which I can understand. I think similar to sort of the, the Cho deal, which I'll not mention too much because I know we've that's been discussed <laughs> at this point. But obviously that was one that was sort of dragging on, which it looks like at the moment anyway, that could potentially be dead in the water. I can understand when things kind of move on for ages and ages, or go on, I should say. People start to get a wee bit annoyed, regardless of what the sort of outcome is of it in, in the end. Just, yeah, I just think the timing in the season to lose Jackie Marcus would, would be a bit of a blow to Tony. <clears throat> uh, regardless of the transfer fee, it would just be a blow losing a player of that quality. But just need to wait and see. And like we've already mentioned, all eyes on Andrew's presser for later on, see what happens. Yes, I'm correct, yeah. Uh, lots of people coming in, comments coming in. Aidan, I'll just flick a couple of them up. Michael Ross saying, this is not good enough for the Champions League. I think that's what a lot of Celtic supporters feel, don't they? That they want somebody who can lead the line in the Champions League. And Jerry McCann comes in and says, are we saying all of this because he's Scottish or because he plays for Hibs? It's a fair point. Just basing it off what I've seen of him, to be honest, uh, I, I don't think he's a bad player by any stretch, but I just wonder in terms of Andrew's style and just going to European level, you'd be signing somebody with kind of little to no European experience in terms of playing up front at that it's, level now. I know Kyogo and Yakimakis were signed without any European experience which I understand, but that was when Andrew's still building the squad. If you're potentially into your 18 months into that, or if this was all happening in the summer, so in, in your third season or that, I, I don't think you want to be bringing in a striker that could potentially be first or second choice. Doesn't need the Champions League experience, but doesn't have experience playing in Europe of some sort, whether that's in the sort of a European League or a Europa League Conference League or whatever. But then that's all subjective, isn't it? You know, yes. Because you could, you're bringing, you could bring somebody in from Japan like we've brought in recently. You know, European experience and they turn out to be excellent. So that's probably just a preference for me. I don't think the manager probably would select based off that. But. Sure. Of course, of course. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Now, Jason Mudgard comes in and says, what about a Muslim Dembele return? That would be wonderful. The dream, the dream, Jason. All right. Okay, so you're... You're, uh, I'm not on the Dembele. I've, I never got off the Dembele hype train, Tony, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, one of my favourite players of, uh, I don't like to be dramatic and say it ever, but Celtic, but in recent years, he uh, was absolutely superb. But I, I think we, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, Tony, didn't we, that as much as I think he could go in the summer for nothing, sign a pre-contract in January, because he deals up at Leon come the end of the season, Probably wages wise, just a bit out of Celtics sort of reach at this point, I would guess. Yeah. Jerry McCann comes back in Aiden and says, I think if Celtic want Nisbet, then they need to give him a chance. How do you know what he's going to be like in the Champions League? I think you need to trust in him and the club if that's the, who Celtic want to be fair. And AJS C Tech comes in to be fair. Kyogo wasn't good enough for the Champions League. 
So do we sell him on that logic? Nisbet can develop and is a great finisher and good in the air. So it's contrasting opinion on Kevin Nisbet, Aidan, and also, you know, strikers who didn't score in the championship like Kyogo last year. Jack and Marcus got one, but I think everything was a learning curve for Celtic in the Champions League last year. All, all the players were getting used to playing at that level. You'd hope that they will have learnt a lot from that experience, but you would like to go in to the Champions League with a settled striker, wouldn't you? And somebody yeah, that, that would yeah. be ideal. I think just in terms of Kyogo not scoring in the Champions League, the comment was also completely right about that. But of rewarding overall to sort of in, improve the team and level up in every position, then you would imagine that somebody with European experience would be preferred if it came down to that. I, I just... I'd, I'd, when this bit, look, if he comes in, he's going to have my full backing. And I, I don't think he's a bad player by any stretch. I think he's a very good player. And I, I've seen him a few times when I went to watch Scotland before he got his injury, which I know is going back a wee while now, and I thought he looked pretty good. It's just it's just about trying to up-level the squad, Tony, isn't it? And I understand yes. I'm not going to be able to do that when it comes to second and third-choice strikers because Celtic, it's not the way they're going to do business. You're not going to sign... Not that money's a guarantee of quality, but they're not going to sign, you know, three strikers for six million or something like that, right? Each. That's just not going to happen. But I, I just, I don't know. But to be fair, it could be, it could be a sort of bias because he plays in Scotland. But I've been yeah. quite happy when we've signed players from Scotland before. Like when Celtic signed David Turnbull, and what was a few years ago, I was really excited about that. I thought he was the sort of best young player in the country at the time. And I wouldn't be annoyed if Celtic signed this, but... Just as I was mentioning, it would be the context of the scene. Well, Andrew Hunter says no chance we could get Dembele now. He's out with yeah, pay grade. Saying, yeah. yeah, and Beach Boys signed Dembele with the laughing emojis. So that's where he stands on that one. Really team, sadly, Tony. <laughs> you know, so, and John Hill comes in and says, Ange Postecoglou, we've been talking to a striker since the day. Gigi goes, no way Andrew would let George's Giacomacus go without a replacement. Well, I I have faith in that kind of process, you know, and I trust that process because he told you he's been working to two windows in advance and he's trying to preempt things and so that it doesn't you're not scrambling about. So again, I go back to it that until such things are confirmed, then I'll just take it for what it is. You know, so it's uh, until I actually see that Jack and Marcus has left the door, then I'm still willing to think that he might stay, even beyond January. Because oh, until it's confirmed, yeah, correct. Until it's confirmed, uh, <laughs> the hope is that obviously he will stay. I think the concern would be that if he is going to leave, but it drags on right to the very last day, and then that doesn't allow Celtic to then get a replacement in, but I, I don't think you could be fully blaming the Yakimakis deal for that. I would still be saying, I think we've mentioned that we'd be hoping they'd be able to go and get another striker regardless to try and challenge either the two yeah. or Kyogo. So I would hope that it wouldn't come to that, even if the Yakimakis deal does drag on, but obviously that is always a concern, isn't it? Because they've kind of been burned by that in the past, the prime example being or to be fair, when Dembele left, I know they'd already signed Edward, but at that time you did go from having three strikers to two and then Dembele just left right at the end of the window. So that yeah. was a bit frustrating, but hopefully it won't be a situation like that. Tony, if he is moving on, it 
does kind of progress relatively quickly now and the replacement comes in not too soon after that. Now Gordon Coney comes in and says Scott McDonald was signed from Motherwell and scored in the Champions League. No reason why Nisbet couldn't do the same. Ah, no, there isn't any reason, there isn't any reason. Aye. I'll premise with if they sign Nisbet, of course. Yeah, no, if it comes in... Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure he could do a good job. It's, it's just personal preference, isn't it? And uh, Plunge McNugget comes in and says, if Nisbet bangs the goals in, you will all change your mind. I don't have any anything against Nisbet. I think he's an excellent footballer and he can and he does know the way to go. And again, like you said, Aidan, if he comes in, he'll get the support of everybody at the club and it will remain to be seen if he can do it at Champions League level. But if that's who Celtic are genuinely interested in, again, speaking about this, one of the newspapers have reported that that they've rekindled their interest. And again, once these things happen, uh, opinion is polarised and divided. And uh, yeah, but if you're basing it off what you've seen from Nisbet so far, then he's a very accomplished Scottish striker. And I think one of the commenters earlier said, and I meant to flick it up, that maybe need... Scottish players for the Champions League, so maybe that's the thinking behind that. Other that's that's a point. That's a point worth raising, Tony. I mean, because there's obviously always kind of, or there has been in the last couple of transfer windows stuff about potentially, you know, Stephen Welsh moving on, or yeah, I think the summer James McCarthy, because obviously he was sort of trained in Scotland. He counts as a homegrown player. He, you'd imagine the club would try to move him on. So that's two homegrown players that would be gone. Mikey Johnson, we don't know what his future is. Even Scott Robertson, so that would be losing. You'd only really have then what Greg Taylor, Alan McGregor, and uh, James Forrest in terms of homegrown players, there, wouldn't you? Yeah. So yeah. it could it could be that sorry, no, Greg Taylor wouldn't count because it's, it's just purely for the academy. So you'd only have two there, really, that'd be in the sort of first team squad unless you were going to suddenly promote all of them uh, from the academy. So that could be another thing worth considering as well. That's probably a decent point worth raising in terms of this, but. Uh, just Jerry Crawford comes in again and says that Ms. Nisbet is not mobile enough for him. You know, I, I mean, everybody has their opinion on certain players, and I'm I'm not going to knock that. I just my own personal opinion on this is I'm desperate for Jack and Marcus to stay. I think he's a great goal scorer. I think that just the physical attributes that he brings as well, he can rummel up defences as they say he's a nuisance, he's a pest and uh, again I don't know what has happened but and I don't know how much money he's looking for if it is money at all or if it's more game time but I just think at some point common sense could have prevailed in this situation and that they could have got round the table and given him without busting the bank or moving heaven and earth given him what he wanted if it was money but there's no reassurance or assurances of game time. The manager uses them if and when he needs to. And I don't know if it's, again, agents filling their head full of nonsense. You can get this X amount here. You want to go there. And that kind of stuff. But I, the manager said it. Good luck with finding that utopia and football happiness elsewhere. Because you're playing for a club that's competing in Europe at the highest level. It's competing for silverware every season playing at a very very good level and you get the support of 60,000 people every other week 
and they're all on your side. Uh, where are you going to get that, Aidan? And I know the one thing you will get maybe somewhere else is more money. And if that's your God, then so be it. But tell everybody, let everybody know that's why you've left. And I think it's the whole cloak and dagger operation about this Jack and Marcus thing that's and the uncertainty and being in the dark that uh, is annoying the Celtics or irking the Celtics supporters a wee bit because they do like this guy, but the manager has also primed them and said, don't fall in love with him, don't get too close. So you have that in the back of your mind as well, that, yeah, there are favourites going to leave at some point, and this could well be that window where the start of that kicks in. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of football, isn't it? Particularly when, by and large, Celtic are kind of in that selling club model. When a player does really well, they kind of, within a year, or maybe two years, maybe three years, tend to move on. It's just kind of the way things are. I think in terms of the guarantee of game time, I mean, we've seen I'm just quite happy to rotate. I mean, Jota being a prime example of that, I know he had a bit of a sickness bug in there as well recently, but it was also games that he did just kind of start on the bench because he maybe wasn't playing to his best. So, you know, if somebody's important and that is going to be left out, that kind of just shows that nobody's really safe in terms of the team. Probably outside of maybe Joe Hart, just because of the sort of nature of that position at the moment, we see just being out injured. Nobody's really a guaranteed starter. So I think it, it, the manager won't be won't have really said to anybody, yeah, you're playing every game for me. Yeah. Maybe but even with Callum McGregor, he, he, that he is probably maybe the exception that role more than Joe Hart in terms of like just plays all the time. But you know, I, I don't doubt that if he suddenly started really, really struggling, which is probably we can't really imagine that for Callum McGregor because a bit like Carter Vickers, he's Mr. Consistent, but uh, outside, of, outside of that, everybody else is probably, you know, you've got to earn your place based off, you know, as good as your last training session, last game, etc. So, I, I think, I don't think the manager would have made any sort of guarantees, even if Yakimak has got an improved deal, for example, at Celtic, which doesn't look like it's going to happen at the moment. I don't think more game time would be a part of that, Tony, personally, just based off what we know about Ange. And just when we're touching on Angie, I think that's probably why he is so relaxed about this whole thing. Yeah. He's, he's comments at the AGM probably reflect his sort of thinking on that, that, you know, don't fall in love with players. Your favourites could leave if I'm wanting to improve my squad or just because of the nature of the market. So if we're taking that sort of philosophy a few months on from the AGM, that's probably why he, he feels the way he does right now and why he's publicly anyway quite relaxed about the whole thing. Yeah. And again, I go back to even on Saturday, he was asked it, about it, and he said that uh, Mike, there would be no concrete offers. If you got offers in concrete, you wouldn't deal with them anyway. We said Michael Nicholson deals with that side until he gets involved. And at this moment in time, he said he didn't have to be involved. So again, uh, yep, call it paper talk, call it speculation, call it what you like. Again, I'm working on the premise that until something is totally firmed up, and it becomes, you know, it till it becomes concrete and it does happen, then that it's not I'm refusing to believe stuff. I, I've just unless Celtic Jackamakis or Ange confirm it, then I'll 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 wait and see. I mean it'll it'll play out the way it plays out. All sorts of narratives here and but again the the, the three main protagonists haven't really spoke, have they? Jackamakis, Ange Postacoglu, Celtic and the agents. So until you get some kind of definitive from them, then he's a Celtic player. You work in that premise. And the way he's playing, it's certainly not affecting 
Anything? No, his performances have been fine. I mean, the only thing before the game at the weekend had been missing was a goal after the sort of World Cup break. But after I was quite happy when he got his goal at the weekend, kind of hoping that this would then maybe kickstart a wee run of him getting some goals and maybe starting games or so. But then obviously this sort of next update came out about him. So we'll just need to wait and see. I think, don't want to repeat the point too much because I know I've mentioned that a few times, but it, I think the Ange Presser later on will be quite interesting. If it's still the same sort of line that we've had really since the links first appeared about not they're training well, they're working hard, they're available for the game the next game, which is obviously St Martin tomorrow night, then I, I don't think he'll uh, be away in the sort of immediate future, personally, as in like the next week or so. But if it's maybe a wee bit more vague and then obviously the next step comes tomorrow night when you're seeing the team news and he's nowhere to be seen, that would then say to me, based off what we've seen with other players in the past, that he's probably on the road out personally, Tony. And that'd be the first sort of real indication of that as well. Yeah. Derek Crawford comes in and says, any news on Greg Taylor again? We'll maybe find out more about that today. Celtic will be doing a presser today, uh, Derek, and we'll get an update on that, definitely. But yeah, I agree with that. We've gone 33 minutes, Aiden, and we haven't even spoken about the Spurman game tomorrow night. There you go, Spurman being the only team to defeat Celtic this season to now uh, earlier on in the season poor performance from Celtic and Paisley that day we will be doing our predicted 11s <laughs> what a task that will be uh, yes indeed uh, that will be hilarious to see uh, what what 11 will pick uh, but there you go whether George's Jack and Marcus will feature in any of our uh, predicted 11s, Aidan, there you go. But yes, Celtic play St Mum tomorrow night. We'll preview that, as always, tomorrow at 10 o'clock or thereabouts. Pete McGee, I hope you were delighted today. We kind of got there at 10 o'clock, didn't we, fella? Uh, put, <laughs> put 26 names in the hat, he's saying, for the predicted 11s. And Kaiser comes in, GG starts, there you go. There's, there's a confident prediction uh, from... Kaiser, indeed. But guys, thanks for the comments. Uh, you know, it's it's been kind of a one-topic discussion today, but it's a big topic, isn't it? And we we like to chew the fat over these things, and we like to get your canvas your opinion as well, because we learn through that too. We hope you've enjoyed it. I'll just direct you once again to the ticker tape at the bottom. We've got a new subscription offer. Subscribe to the Celtic Way website. It's a pound for four months of unlimited access to everything that's written on the website and the first 100 new subscribers will get that free E3 Callum McGregor print by popular artist made by Frankie. It's a really good day. Uh, it's a really good deal, guys. So click the button www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And we also thank our new sponsors, Seneca and Seneca sponsor the Celtic Way morning briefing. Sponsored by Seneca Medical Group and Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe and offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description in this video. Now, guys, thank you. Enjoyed that. It's always, always great to see your opinions. Have a terrific Tuesday, if you can. We move on to Wednesday. St. Myrna coming to Celtic Park. Maybe revenge in the air, Aiden. 
Hopefully, Tony, because I really don't fancy another briefing on first on Thursday like that after that last game because that was that wasn't fun, was it? <laughs> it wasn't. And we'll end with this great show, lads. Jimmy McGrory scored eight goals on this day in nineteen twenty-eight in a nine-nil win. There you go. Don't know if anybody will predict nine-nil for tomorrow night, Aiden, but we'll see. Thanks <laughs> for that, BBG. Yes, the legendary Jimmy McGrory, wonderful goal scorer for Celtic. I think that's a nice high. To end the topic uh, or the briefing on today, we'll be talking about strikers all the time, haven't we? So, yeah, we'll end with that. Jimmy McGrory, eight goals. Well done, Jimmy. Appreciate that. Cheers for that, Pete. Thanks, Aidan. Brilliant contribution today. Top man. Take it easy, eh? Cheers, guys.